Hell yeah. We did it right. (laughs) Ooh. A sign of things to come? That was satisfying. Probably not. Right, do we want (laughs) to... Do you want to intro the podcast? Usually intro, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> so why are you asking me? You don't so need my permission. A... Alright, okay. We're going to have to get start. Uh, welcome to, to all the rom-coms I've seen before. This is a romantic comedy podcast with Francesca Giorgio and Hannah Thomas. Welcome. Um, You're not going to say what? You're just saying we're reviewing rom-coms, so that's it? You're looking at I me believe. like, uh, I was about finish. to start my next sentence. Dude, I was just making sure. I have a lot of nervous energy today. It's because we've recorded a couple now, and I know, I know that they've gone well. Mm, I know. So now I'm just like, ooh, how do we keep that? I know, it's a bit strange. Yeah. But yeah, I was about to start my next sentence, and then you, you butted right in, so... I'm sorry! <laughs> okay? Immediately! <laughs> Apologising! What more I, can I do? Nothing, I appreciate it. Tolerate my inadequacy, please. <laughs> This is a podcast where we watch and review a different romantic comedy every week and we dive into what we loved, what we hated. We're just trying to bring back the rom-com as a genre. Yeah. It didn't really go anywhere, but it kind of did in our hearts and our minds. It had a long nap. Mm. Mm. A very long nap. It was like the the granddad in the corner Mm. of any of your parties. Very sad. Um, The granddad in the party of life who just sleeps in the corner. Not contributing much. Are we done? Do we go home? <laughs> I don't know how grand I sound like. <laughs> Do you not? It sounded no. just, just uncanny. Never, never put me as an ambassador for the granddad community. <laughs> the granddad community. There's a club. <laughs> um, I've been telling people that we review rom-coms and talk about them critically and comically. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go with that. We'll add that to the intro. Yeah. Um, not now. No, no, not now. Next episode. We'll work on it. Michael and Julianne have been best friends for years. The one constant thing in my life is that he'll always be there. So, this week, mm-hmm. we are reviewing My Best Friend's Wedding. A story about finding the love of your life. Do you really love him? And deciding. Or is it just about winning? What to do about it. Peak 90s Julia Roberts. Oh, it's so... Great. It's, it's my so favourite Julia. It's your favourite Julia Roberts movie? Yes. Brilliant. Well, even competes with it. Most people are going to say Pretty Woman, and I'm like, no. Do you know what? Pretty Woman is one of the ones that I've not... It's one of the big rom-coms that I've not seen. But I adore this film. Yeah. <sighs> Wait, what's your favourite Julia Roberts? It might well be this one. I really do like Notting Hill, because I love Richard Curtis. This is probably, like, my top... 90s julia roberts just in terms of just how happy the film makes me what she looks like how incredible all of the like lead performances are the comedy it's so i forgot how funny it is the character yeah because it's just so versatile like there's so much that goes on Mm. should we go on our first i was just gonna say (laughs) we're running running into our first segment opening credits where we discuss our general thoughts on the film basically my general thought is the formula of this movie is perfect. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, ten minutes into the film, the plot is established. Mm-hmm. It's her best friend who's having a wedding, who she has feelings for, and they want to break up. Within ten minutes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So that gets that out of the way, straight away. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the film works to either get those two people closer together or to separate Michael and... Kim. Kim. <laughs> 
So it's just like they are able to take every opportunity in every scene to make it super romantic or super comical. That's what's so good about it is that they establish the premise and that's there and then they spend the next hour and a half playing with it and exploring like the repercussions for the different characters and the different directions that it can go in and the sort of fluctuating like morality of jules as a character and michael like not being particularly clear about his feelings about Mm. her it's all very like sexually frustrating to be (laughs) honest (laughs) i'm sorry but some of some of the ways that he like looks at her and the things that he says to her i'm just like it's not okay for sure you're engaged it's not okay you're looking at her like you're in love with her i'm so i feel like i've had these feelings about this film for so long Mm -hmm. and actually being able to talk about them and really talk them out (laughs) it's therapy i think it's gonna be very cathartic i don't know for some reason this feels like a very underrated rom-com so people haven't had like mega discussions or debates about it's not like titanic where people debate about the door and stuff Mm. always People don't discuss this film. Yeah, in popular culture, it's not as prominent. Even as something like Notting Hill, where you have like the famous line, like, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy. That's more common in the zeitgeist. This film is not really. Which is such a shame. I'm confused by that. I watched it last night and it's got so many sort of iconic, not necessarily lines, but moments. Every scene is memorable. Yeah. I really mean it. (laughs) (laughs) I really tried like watching this last night in a critical way like Mm. I I tried to remove myself from but it is like every scene works every scene has that purpose every scene is working for the plot Mm -hmm. it does it so well. And every scene is working towards the plot and the genre whereas I feel like a lot of films they'll try and work towards the romance and they'll try and work for the comedy or they'll miss the plot or they try and work for the plot and they miss the genre. That's the thing is that I was so surprised when I was watching it because I think the last time I saw I've seen it a lot, but I think the last time I saw it was about three years ago and I had forgotten how funny it was. Uh, it's just unbelievable. I think because so many of the scenes are so memorable and so sort of, well, they feel iconic when you're watching them mm. that maybe no one thing could stand out in popular culture. Yeah to sort of be put into a list of, you know, best lines in a romantic comedy so or best moments. it's too good? <laughs> is that what you're saying its downfall was? It was just too yes. memorable. That is the point that I'm making. That's shameful. I hope that's not the truth. But I think you know that it is because you know it's that good. Maybe. Again, because the plot is established so soon, the characters and the dialogue have all this room to just play around and grow. Mm. And it really, they end up feeling believable because it's like, well, we know what the plot is. And it's so simple. Mm. I feel like a lot of rom-coms to try and be like, not like all the other simple (laughs) rom-coms. Try and be quirky. They'll try and get like a more elaborate plot Mm. where it's like, no, that's not what you need to do. You can stick to a simple formula and then just make the dialogue and the characters nuanced. Mm. And then it's not a simple film. I think I mentioned this in another podcast is that you can do so much with an established romantic comedy plotline. It doesn't have to be anything new or groundbreaking if you are writing in a way that is new and exciting. Exactly. If you know what you're doing, you can take a boring plotline and do something amazing with it. Of course. It's literally just a girl falling in love with a guy that she can't have wait would how you many call times this have we boring as a no. plot line well i don't think not boring. boring 
but it's established and it has been done. Yeah, unrequited love. Blah. Yeah, that's in a lot of rom-coms. But the way that they do it, I've never seen anything like it before. Totally. <laughs> it's so good. The one thing that I have uh, noted down here, because I said about like the plot establishes itself after 10 minutes and then takes you from there. And then in uh, caps, I put, that's a confident plot. <laughs> it doesn't shy away from what it's doing. No. It doesn't even shy away from the character's intent. And I think that's actually quite a brave thing to do because mm. it could present confusion or, you know, I think a lot of writers would probably shy away from that because they're like, oh, it's going to be too challenging to create empathy for this character yeah, because of how we're making her. But they don't shy away. But the fact that you know she's a villain and you still empathise with her. Yeah. And you empathise with all three of them to a certain extent. It's brilliant. That's how good it is. <laughs> I'm just so happy that this film exists. Oh my god, I'm so glad after last week to be talking about something. (laughs) Talking about something that we love. One of the notes I have made here, and I feel like it's probably one of the last things I'd like to say in opening credits. The film had and embraced all the opportunity it had to be romantic and comical. Mm -hmm. And every scene was so memorable and so like... (laughs) brought a smile to your face or made you feel something that's exactly why the film had to end the way it did because even if she was a good person and everything she did growing closer to him was done in a moral way Mm. the film still had to end this way because otherwise you would have just had the same rhythm throughout the whole film and the same tone and it wouldn't have been as rewarding i suppose or it wouldn't have felt like you really experienced something it would just feel like you were too much an observer of something Mm -hmm. does that make sense yes that does make sense i've got a little treat for you about that okay before i go into my opening credits i'm actually beaming (laughs) that's the thing i'm actually so happy (laughs) okay so there was an alternative ending so they they would have got together no okay thank goodness the ending is as it was so he marries kimmy but then jules like finds love with another wedding guest and so she's sort of like hooked up with someone by the end or like you know there's a there's a frisson between them and that's like sort of signaled wait there's a frisson actually frisson oh (laughs) jesus christ it means good vibe (laughs) do we keep that in yeah i'm struggling to look at hannah currently and i feel like my face is going red because i'm just like what a what a faux pas. What a wild concept that would be. <laughs> yeah, so she she finds love with another wedding guest, basically. Right. Yeah. It got test screened mm. and the audiences hated it. They hated that she got a happy ending. They wanted her to oh, not end damn. up with someone in the end. I think that's totally fair. Because even though you do empathise with her, because, I mean, I think that's largely in part to Julia Roberts' performance. I just think she's... I'm, a, yeah. I'm obsessed with 90s Julia Roberts. She brings so much that you can empathise with to that character. They still didn't want her to have a happy ending. Straight away, anyway. Also, if she ended up with someone, I assume it would be like they had dialogue throughout the film. Mm. They kind of had a flirty back and forth. Mm-hmm. So then that would have taken away from the bittersweet moments exactly. between her and Michael. Yeah. Like it would, it it would have, have seemed like she had away another the option. sacrifice mm. that the ending made it seem like it was. Yeah. So then her character arc wouldn't have been as complete. Yeah, because like you said, it's not a thing of like, she doesn't deserve anything. It's like, not right now. She deserves yeah. to be friends with michael still Mm -hmm. she deserves you know 
maybe forgiveness. She deserves the possibility and a good of something buddy. else, of moving on. Yeah. yeah. So my opening credits is, is a funny one because, and I'm just going to set this up now because I'll go into more reasons like in later segments. So okay. I'm just going to go with it. I have seen this film a lot. Mm-hmm. The last time I remember watching it about three years ago, I was like crying from like frustration at the end because I was just like, what she's trying to do goes against every fiber of my being. Yes. Like principle wise. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Just you, you had your chance and you should have taken it. Uh Grow up and leave them alone. But I still wanted them to get together. No, I get it though. Well, such is like the, the chemistry between them. And sometimes the way that they look at each other, I just think I'm going to die if they don't get together at the end. <laughs> it does seem a tad ridiculous yes. that, that they don't. Or exactly. Or that we're uh, made to believe that he doesn't feel anything for her. Exactly. That's how I felt three years ago watching it. Uh-huh. And I felt so bad that I wanted them to get together. Right. And then I watched it last night. And I didn't want them to get together at the Good. end. That's gross. That, no, that is, like, <laughs> sincerely. When they're in the train station and she's confessing the reasons why she did what she did. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I just wanted to win you. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, that is not love. Like, oh, she thinks she's damn. in love. But I'm like, that's possession. Like, and when he says to her, thank you for loving me that much. Like, it's flattering. I'm like, that is not love and it's not flattering if you are capable of making decisions that hurt the other person and you know that it's going to hurt them and you're doing it for your own gain it's just it's not it's not right i agree with that opinion away from the context of the film Mm -hmm. because the thing is whenever she was doing the bad stuff Mm. she remained self-aware throughout so when she tried to set Kimmy up with the karaoke, she ends up smiling because she's like, you know what, this person's cute. Well, she says All she right. really likes her. Yeah, I shouldn't have done what I did, whatever. When she tries to, like, set up the argument, she's like, no, I shouldn't have done that. Mm. And anytime like, she does get worse and worse is because these... Because I don't want to say, like, he asked for it. Because yeah. of course not. But, but. He, he gave a lot of clues and suggestions that maybe he was conflicted. Yes. Well, when, so, so it makes her feel like, oh, I should help him figure out what he wants. Well, after George goes home, after they've after he's faked being Jules's fiancé, uh-huh. and she gets in the car with Michael and she says, look, he wasn't my fiancé. He's like, well, the thing is, when you said that you were going to get married to him, like, I felt crazy jealous. And I'm like, yes. what is she supposed to think? yes that's the thing and it was after all of that she then did like one of the worst things yeah and again with each thing that she did there was that self-awareness and oh julia roberts is such a good actor Mm -hmm. the direction was just so great to Mm -hmm. like make sure the camera did show her face when she was clearly experiencing like some uncertainty so i agree to an extent and i think when she said win i think it was more like she wanted to charm him i don't Mm -hmm. think it was like a thing of competitive no i think like there was a she does have that competitive trait to an extent and she does admit that to uh george she's like at first i just wanted to win him he belonged to me Mm. like she does have all of that admittance and then she's like no and then we were together and i really felt it Uh, yeah i think she was in love with him but it wasn't i i wasn't a love that i rooted for in the end this is gonna sound so pretentious but there's like the act of love and then there's the feeling of love yeah the the act of love was insincere Mm. but the feeling of love Mm -hmm. was 
true. Yes. I felt very satisfied at the end of the film because I I was okay with what happened in the end. I was okay that he had made the decision that he'd made to marry Kimmy, even though I think there's a lot of shit Ooh. going on in that couple. That we'll I... get into it. <laughs> I'm just like, oh no, you're not going to last. Capital I, capital yeah. T. Yeah, but I felt okay about that's so cool them not being together and i just (laughs) personal growth because you were messaging me about it yesterday um during watching it i think saying you were confused Mm. so where did the confusion come in because uh, up until about half an hour from the end no i tell you when it was it was when she told him that she loved him Mm -hmm. and they kissed like in that bandstand yeah and it was up until then, I was Which like... Which he does kiss back, by the way. Just a do little... Do you think? A tad. A little bit. Well, yeah, because he doesn't shove her away. Yeah. Okay. It takes so, a good few moments. Yeah. Um, it was up until then that I was still thinking, no, I do... I sort of want them to get together, but I, I hate that I do. And that's where mm. the confusion comes in. So I was like, how do I still feel this way? After the kiss, I was like, mm, I don't... I don't feel it. I don't feel mm. that, like, I'm not rooting for them. I get that. I, I don't root for them in mm. this film. Um, not at all. And if you'd like us to proceed onto the next section. Yes, let's do it. So I could probably give some insight into why you are rooting for them. It's because of their chemistry. I know, oh my god. Which brings us on to Ridiculous, where we speak about the main characters <laughs> and their chemistry. It's it's unreal. <laughs> Do you want to go first? Because I'm oh, just going to have to process the my next feelings. segment's meant to be is the meat cute? I know, but they already met. Do you want to skip it? No, <laughs> because I have notes. <laughs> oh shit. Okay, okay, but they well, can so they can be okay. We are combining ridiculous and is the meat cute because I think they can be combined. In yeah, this. to be honest. Okay, so they've already met. They've been friends for about ten years or so. Yeah. And also, she tells George how they met. They had one hot month in college, so they have dated, had sex, they've done yes. the lot. Yes, yes, yes. We we've said before, if the characters don't meet on screen for the is the meet cute section of our podcast, we would just discuss the first time that we meet the characters mm-hmm. as viewers. So I have some points to make about that in a moment. Okay. Um, I feel like I really got my media studies groove on for oh, Jesus. Uh, a couple of minutes. You're going to put me to shame. Um, uh, no, probably not. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about the chemistry for a second. From the moment they see each other Jesus. and the music swells in, you feel you feel it all. Completely. Yeah. I do feel it all, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever believed the chemistry of two people in a film more in my whole life so true it's so it's so i didn't even true. blink when i said that to hannah i was like this is confirmed this is my statement so i just want to say that like a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about to all the boys and you were like you know the chemistry it's okay for a first love yeah it didn't like and i said yeah there are some films where i watch it and i'm like buzzing out of my seat of course this is that film yes completely it's ridiculous so this isn't too much to do with the chemistry this is about meeting julia roberts character called julia ann julianne julianne yeah julianne but jules jules yes i'll just call her jules perfect yes yeah they do that throughout the whole (laughs) wow the whole movie that we just watched yeah (laughs) the opening i've always found bizarre and i've not found it like a bad 
portion of the film, mm-hmm. but I've questioned it for a while and not really understood why it exists. You're talking about the opening sequence. Yes. Yeah. Opening sequence that's three and a half minutes long. Yeah. And it's a basically a music video it for is. a song that I don't think either of us have heard prior to this film. Not prior to the film. Um, no. With people in the... We don't see in the film. No. So I've always been confused by it and always been like, why does it exist there? And then... Last night, after years of conflict and confusion based on that, I came to a conclusion. It feels out of place, but it's meant to, because to an extent, it's meant to be a character exposition for Jules. Okay. In the way that it kind of shows her in the very next scene being contrasting to these women. Mm -hmm. So if you really dig into it deeper and like the angelic nature of the music video and the lyricism within that mm-hmm. and if you can see that Jules is immediately contrasting to these women then that could give you some like foreshadowing of how her approach is going to be to getting this man back compared to their disgustingly sweet yeah. approach all you gotta do is hold him and kiss him and love him and show him that you care well the lyrics are all about just hold him and love him and please him and do whatever he wants, basically. Yeah. And it's all being sung by a bride and her bridesmaids. Yeah. And they're, like, getting the bride ready. And then she finally puts on the veil and it's, like, sort of putting a halo on an angel and it's all very slightly disturbing. Right. It's, but it's sort of setting up marriage and, like, sort of sickly. servitude to a mm. guy as being sort of, like, the, the ideal thing that you could ever want it almost like implants these instructions Mm. of if you want to be his this Mm. is what you do Mm. and that's not what she's done for the last 10 years of knowing him she's pushed him away and been very distant so so she's not gonna get him so that's the foreshadowing or it's just she's not gonna do it in that way well yeah i love that because now i've just figured that out like why (laughs) it's there i'm like oh it's 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 a way to show us who Jules is, where a lot of lazy films will just kind of make her dialogue be like, oh, I'm not like those girls, or mm. something like that, and have George, like, give a back and forth about, oh, if you want to get him, maybe this sort of stuff should happen. Instead, no, they give us a fun song, <laughs> and then they show her acting in, like, uh, an oppositional way to that. Yeah, I love that. And then the we can just kind of make the inference ourselves, and mm. I'm like, that's clever and fun mm-hmm. in capital letters i've put michael sounds excellent god he really does the he's first so phone call. you uh, believe that chemistry from then yeah i know it's just you believe it from then and he sounds into her what he says hey beautiful yeah when she like he realized you. that it's her on the phone it's like what the f- yeah if one of my friends said that to me i'd be like excuse me no i'd like it <laughs> It's, it's See, very strange. I, I'm someone who I, I like my platonic connections to be aggressively affectionate. Well, so do I. I'm but like it's Leslie Nope level. Yeah, <laughs> but beautiful feels very. Um, it's very sexual. The mm, way that they talk to each yeah, other. It's, it's, it's just, a weird, intimate, grand. And the way that they when they meet in the the airport. It's the airport. Yes. Just the like how close they are in the frame, and I mean they they literally almost kiss. Like yeah. they accidentally sort of kiss. Yeah, the way that they look at each other is like their eyes are boring into like the other person's head. If you haven't watched this film and for some reason you're listening to this, you have to. You have to. If you if you like rom-coms, 
It's prob- it is like You've as you said to. earlier, it's like the best chemistry I've ever seen in a rom com. So phenomenal. It's so phenomenal. In terms of the characters, I've made a note of why they may get along on like a fundamental level mm-hmm. is that they both have a certain type of confidence. And the reason their confidences complement one another is because they are differing in the way that his is kind of quiet. Mm. Um and hers is performative. Mm-hmm. And I think like the reason they both end up going through a journey is because their confidences are challenged one way or another so they do grow together in a way mm. but in different directions yeah so I, I just think that's really good for the film in terms of making you feel fulfilled and satisfied about each character's story yeah I, I think that's for, for those two that's particularly important I'm buzzing Hannah, Hannah's just like Hannah can tell I'm way too high on yeah. this <laughs> you keep going like Ugh. but even just the way that they talk to each other you can tell it's a testament to the acting because they they hadn't known each other they met on this film no way yeah i didn't know that you feel like they've known each other like 20 years like their characters they're... are supposed to have done and it's well written as well just the little things that they yeah. say to each other and just it's basically just the way they look at each other it's like you are a part of me it's, it's... Um, it's unbearable to watch i swear any of the rom-coms we reviewed so far just that that first look when they're in the airport alone that's more chemistry than any of the protagonists so true (laughs) we've reviewed so far it's so true i don't know whether i'm ever gonna see that again no i love dermot mulroney but i feel like we we can get guys who can fill that role somewhat for romantic leads with julia roberts i'm like she's she's one of a kind no there's no one in my head that even comes close to, like, Julia Roberts in the 90s. If there was a film with two romantic leads that were, like, on the level of D- Dermot Mulroney, they, they both had really, like, cool, low oh, voices. God. Oh, God, that would be so good. I think the first time I ever saw him was when he was in Friends. Really? As a guest star. Yeah, because oh. I didn't see this film until I was a bit older than when I was watching Friends. Do you want to hear something wacky? Uh, I don't know, do I? I first watched this film... <laughs> When I was about 15 or 16. Really? Yes. And there was a point where I watched it with my boyfriend at the time. Yeah. And before showing it to him, I was like, oh, the Jules character reminds me of me and stuff I would do. Why you would say that to a boyfriend? This is, we were talking earlier about how I don't really have a filter. (laughs) And that's an occasion where it's like, firstly, you should have seen that as a problem. (laughs) I eventually grew to see that as a problem and yeah. I'm a better person for it. But at the time I was just like, no, I relate. I would do that stuff. <laughs> he was surprisingly cool with it. <laughs> Good boy. He was fine. We watched the film. <laughs> it was pleasant. He did not blink. <laughs> when I saw this film for the first time, I was like, I just, he looks like a Disney prince, but like a mm. sort of slightly villainous sort of with his little yes. like smirk. Oh my god. Hannah, I, like I can't. I feel like we can't just drool over I'm them. I'm so, I'm, oh, I'm desperately looking forward to you having the sound bites of his voice. <gasps> okay, so that's something I want to talk about now. Okay. Like, for Ridiculous. Yeah. Specifically, the scene on the boat. So I'm going to talk about it a little bit now. Yes, yes, do it. <clears throat> if someone sang to me <laughs> like that. I would straight up die. I nearly did. Yeah, honestly. Someday, when I'm awfully low, and the world is cold, 
I will feel a glow just thinking of you and the way you look tonight. That's one of the things, like we were talking about earlier, that makes me think that he is conflicted. Mm. Them dancing together and him singing the way you look tonight in his, and he's a decent singer. Yeah. Lovely deep voice. Well, that's not the first time it's mentioned in the film, and it's not the last. No. There's a dinner scene before that where Jules walks in yeah. and she looks great. I love how Jules yeah. looks, yeah. looks in that and scene. And then he starts singing it to her at the yeah. table. And then he's it's like, like, okay. And then he's like, do you remember? In front of his fiance, thank you. That's so rude. Oh my I don't God. care who you are, Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> Sexy ass Dermot Mulroney. Is that even how you pronounce his last name? Yeah. Well. <laughs> That was the bit that I felt their chemistry the most. Mm. But it's also the bit where I was very conflicted about it because, like, she's crying over his shoulder. And it made me so sad. It's the saddest. Even though I'm not rooting for what she's doing. Mm. In that moment, she's not trying to steal him away. She's mourning the loss of, like, even just her friend. Like that relationship, way, yeah. the dynamic of it and how yeah. it's been. Because he says to her, like, "This is the last time we're probably going to be alone before yeah. I get married," and she's crying about it just to lose him. Cause it's a lot. It made me so sad. So that's why it's not my sweetest feeling because I was it's... feeling very intense emotions, no, I both get good it. and bad, about that scene. But oh god, yeah. If I think about their chemistry, that's the scene that comes to mind. Yeah, it's because of scenes like that and the ending itself that. When I was speaking to someone about this film, they were like, oh, well, you said To All the Boys wasn't a romantic comedy. Um, would you say that this film is a romantic comedy? Because they don't end up together. And I'm like... Yes, it is. Though. Yes. Because mm. there's romance throughout it. And I think... And it's so funny. <laughs> yes. It's amazingly <laughs> hilarious. But I feel like... Even when they were together before, mm. they may have even been in love, mm. but Jules was never romantic then. No. So actually, this is, this is their, I feel like the film itself was their romance. Mm. They were romancing one another as morally as they could. Oh God, it's so sad. But they were, that's what they were doing. This, this was their first and potentially only yeah. romance. Yeah, basically. The film is highly romantic. Yeah. Like, completely. And it would be dumb to think otherwise. Mm. I really do believe, like, that scene was him romancing her for what was maybe the last time. Well, yeah. They like were making they were... up for those lost opportunities. Yeah. Oh, they, God. They were. They, they were doing that. It's he knew what he was doing. Yeah, he, he knew. He fully knew. Unless he he's knew really it, stupid. He knew it was romantic. Mm. But again, like, because you can separate, like, romance from, like, sex and stuff... They just focused on... But still not okay. Yeah. That's an emotional oh, affair. It, yeah, it's it's totally an emotional affair. 110%. But it's very romantic. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was. And, and the whole film was basically about their romance, which I think a lot of people may not initially think because they're like, oh, but they didn't get together and they were just friends throughout the film. And it's like, no. No. We know we know there was more going on. You can tell me, you can fight me on this, but he was in love with her, I think, up until he probably met Cameron Diaz. I think he was still in love with her. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Honestly. I think so. Yes. Yeah, because you wouldn't want to romance with someone that hard. It's weird because it's like, well, 
I understand like wanting to let go of a certain dynamic in a relationship and help it transition into friendship. Hmm. You don't romance that hard. You're maybe like a little bit sweet and then you just let it go and there's one moment like that. Not a whole nearly two hours of a film like that. Hmm. Give me a break. (laughs) It doesn't happen. That's my defense to the person who was like to me, um, you're gonna call this a rom-com because I don't get together. And I'm like, fully is. Yeah, it is. It might not be like a love story necessarily, but it is a romance and it is a 100%. comedy. So <laughs> so fuck off. So, uh, <laughs> that's all my points on is the meat cute and ridiculous. Yes. Do I you, just no, that was it. I just wanted to talk sure? about the boat scene. Oh god. That's where I felt their chemistry the most. We we can carry on talking about it because oh, here here it is time for the sweetest feeling. <laughs> We're getting worn out. We're feeling winded by this. I'm getting warm. I'm going to go first with my sweetest feeling because I already know what yours is clearly. Okay. (laughs) Mine is the scene in the restaurant where they all sing the Dion Warwick song. And Dion turned to me, opened her lovely eyes and said... What did she say? The moment I wake up... (laughs) Before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you. (laughs) Because I thought about talking about the boat scene. Yeah. But it it didn't make me pause the film and go, oh, it just made me feel incredibly intensely romantically frustrated. Then it also made me feel really sad because she was crying. Completely. And she's like mourning the loss of just having their like intimate relationship and their time just to be with each other. Yeah. She was mourning the loss of that. So that didn't give me a sweet feeling. I get it. The scene in the restaurant is so... It's just so out of the box for a rom-com to, to do. It was just something... It feels kind of surreal, but they they do ground it in yeah. as much realism as you can at yeah. that point, honestly. Yeah. I've been at like family gatherings and stuff and somebody starts singing bohemian rhapsody and by the end of it everybody's singing it group singing is not something that just happens in like flash mobs in films yeah it does happen yes it's a perfectly normal human thing to happen and it's such a joyous thing And Rupert Everett is just... Perfect. Every scene that he's in, I had to sort of... I didn't pause it until I got to, like, the singing restaurant scene. But I I had to be sort of like, oh, I wish you were real and here with me right now. He's so lovely. It's a great character. It's one of my favourite characters. Me too. Like, his energy just explodes off the screen. And in that restaurant scene, it's just... I rewound it and watched it again. It's, it's so fun. Yeah. I, I used to have that song on a playlist all the time, that version of the song. Mm. And even just with the audio and no video, mm. you can feel that oh, like, yeah. joyous energy. Yeah. You know the sweetest feeling is at least sometimes meant to be about when our sweetest feelings between the main two characters. I know, but You're someti- ditching that. Yeah, I am, yeah. Because sometimes ah. it's just not. It's so more. Wait, it's so more complicated. Don't, you than don't that. have a sweetest feeling between the two characters. If I if I forced you to, if I, if you forced me, it would be the boat scene, right? Or the bit in the airport where they first see each other. Yeah, that's just a that's ridiculous. A good one. That was nearly going to be mine too. Mm. 
But so, I have to be honest with myself and I have to pick the moments when I had to pause the film because there's always a moment when I pause the film if it's good. This is my error because I didn't name the segment the sweetest feeling between the two characters. <laughs> and for something short and snappy instead. So now you found all these loopholes. Yep. And I'm going with it. I well. just flipped my hair. <laughs> Don't worry, they felt it. <laughs> you didn't need to explain. They heard. Everyone kind of emotionally sensed a hair flick occurred. Good, I'm glad. So, Fran, what's your sweetest feeling? My sweetest feeling is the boat scene. Lovely. It's the most bittersweet yes. scene, maybe, that I've ever seen. Yes. But it has as much bitterness as it does sweetness. Mm. So I am just like, it, it still qualifies. With each word, your tenderness grows. Tearing my fears apart With each laugh that wrinkles your nose Touches my foolish heart A lot of this I've put in caps, all caps, my notes for this. Understandable. They love each other. They were romancing one another the most they morally could. (laughs) Is how I wrote it. Yeah, it's it's, it's the closest that two people could physically and emotionally be without breaking the rules yeah but it is just like well you did now we're more aware of like what an emotional affair is yeah. and people don't try and just be like oh well if you haven't kissed it's nothing mm. now now we're it more so aware is. i don't know if they were actually intending to write the scene as though it's a goodbye or they wanted us to feel as muddled as we did mm. i don't know what their intent was properly there but i am just like well, the writing's been so clever throughout that I want to think that they wanted us to feel muddled instead of I really think so. writing it as though, oh, no, he doesn't like her. He's just saying goodbye. I can only think, I can only assume that they wanted us to feel conflicted because mm. literally five minutes before that, he said that he was crazy jealous of her yeah. being engaged to someone else. Because if we just had the boat scene without him saying he was jealous, then maybe... The following kind of scene where uh, Jules writes that email, we wouldn't have forgiven her for that, Mm. I think. Because otherwise it would just be like, oh, the boat scene would just seem like a goodbye potentially Mm. and it would have more gravitas in that kind of tone. Yeah, it would be more conclusive. So then if she did that, we would be like, oh, you're reading this wrong, you've messed up. Yeah. But we have to have that empathy. So the scene before that with him declaring jealousy had to exist. Yeah, and the intensity of the boat scene following him saying that he had been jealous. (gasps) I think that is why I empathise with her so strongly because I just think... Because I read into shit that is not even as significant as that in my own life. (laughs) Of course you do. I don't know what other conclusions she is supposed to draw from that. As well as all of of their history and him probably being in love with her for the last 10 years. Also him always being like, you look good or wow, beautiful or the way you look. And singing to her at the (laughs) fucking restaurant table, not paying any attention to the person that he's actually engaged to. That is why I empathise so strongly with her. Because what else is she supposed to think? And also she's in love with him. So she's putting all of that onto his actions as well. So it's like one giant horrendous melting pot. I don't know how she could not feel the way that she does and think that what she's doing is... For his own interest, she's acting She's acting selfishly, but she's also doing it because she thinks that he yeah, is going to be in love with her. she thinks that maybe he's a bit too worried or he's going through something. That's kind of a conclusion that I drew, that maybe morally throughout the film, he's wanted to always be morally correct mm. to the point where it's of detriment to his ultimate mm. happiness. Mm. That's the vibe I got in yeah. the end. Um, 
I also just think that he's like he's stupid and he can't help himself. Yes. Because even if he's not in love with her, even though I think he is Dummy a little Dermot. bit, he's still definitely attracted to her. He is in love with her. I yeah. But if you were going to make the argument that he wasn't, he's still definitely attracted to her. Yes. And he wants to like have his cake and eat it. And I just think it's unacceptable. Yeah. And the thing is, it seems like he's attracted to her physically and emotionally. Yes. Because otherwise of he wouldn't be doing the romancing stuff. He which is just, as we've established, just like wouldn't an emotional exist. affair. An inexplicable he, scene. He conducted all of that. He said yes. about where to go. He started the conversation He about suggested that. that they spend some time alone. Yeah. And I, so I can only assume that he organised going on the boat. The last thing I put in my notes about this was the shot of them dancing, them panning out to the two kids looking admiring at them i know and then i've put in caps those rugrats can spot love (laughs) because they can they're no dinguses Mm -mm. but our main main guys are kids know they know they could spot it i just keep thinking about when he starts singing to her i it (sighs) breaks me like if you think about it too much it can make you cry i was kind of like trying to look down at my phone and not properly absorb it yesterday because i was like i don't know if i can oh come on fran that's what this genre is all about Um, you've got to let it like consume you there's a lot it it has consumed me in the past Mm. i've been a part of the buffet i've taken in (laughs) the sights of the emotional romantic buffet of that film and Mm. i just got a bit stuffed Mm. (laughs) you're like responding as though i've just said a spoken word or something and i'm like yeah i'm stuffed I'm just like, yes. Uh, that is uh, my sweetest feeling because, oh God. Oh God. It is unbelievable. I keep thinking about it. If someone watches that film with me and they say that it's not that good, I'm going to ditch them. It's an objectively brilliant film. They're gone. So it just means they don't know anything about it. This is actually an official warning to anyone in my life. Don't tell me stuff like that. But that's the thing is that you need to watch it with someone who can then explain how I good it is. I said it was a good rom-com in front of my dad the other day and he was kind of like, eh. he no. didn't expand on that. If he if he gave some verbal recognition of him not thinking it was good. The thing is, even when Daddy-o, I watched it, go. <laughs> even when I watched it three years ago and I felt so like upset and confused at the end, I was still like, that is the best fucking thing I've seen right? in ages. It's just too good. It is like, kind of the standard that rom-coms should be set at. Mm. So, like, when I seem, like, too harsh or cynical about some of the rom-coms that we do review, it is because I do look at this one, and even after all these years, I'm just like, this gives romance, this gives comedy, the dialogue is thoughtful, and it's not too contrived, and it it feels like the characters are really living and breathing, and the history feels so there. So real. And every scene has a purpose, and it fulfils it. The history between them is, like tangible yeah it's just i think the history between them is is testament to the acting yes because you can only write so much sort of exposition like oh do you remember when we did this do you remember when we went there it's a mix of the two but yeah definitely But i think the acting shines different actors would have been i don't even want to think about it no because we've been gifted with something so mm-hmm. marvellous. Just take take the gift. And just think, if all rom-coms from, what year was it, Maiden? 90, 97. 97. What came out in 97? If all rom-coms from the year 97 were made to that standard or maybe slightly less, think how much we'd respect the genre. I know. And think how much mainstream media and everything would have had to actually grown to respect the genre. Mm. And also think of how much more... Uh, 
romantically savvy so many of us would probably be if we had better influences of what is correct and incorrect and how we don't pay off characters who pursue revenge or Mm. or winning someone in like Mm. a really competitive spirit Mm. just even what is healthy for you and what is healthy for like the relationships in your life right it would be so incredible if if we had that from 97 and now it's like 20 years later if like they were all at that standard rom-coms would be in a better shape we wouldn't be doing this podcast trying to sort them out because now we, we have a be duty. trying to single-handedly save the genre yeah we wouldn't be here so sad face well i was gonna say that we still be... might but loads of other people would be here it would be like super pretentious yes. uh film critics who would be um boycotting it mm. boy being the optimal word probably um she won't edit that out because she's made her own pun <laughs> it's staying in there forever. i don't even care if the state <laughs> statement is debatable in itself it's if it's punny it's it's right <laughs> oh god what happened next this is the segment where we give our predictions of what's happened to the characters after the film has ended i have some stuff to say <laughs> i'm so excited okay so Rather than giving my own predictions just yet, oh, I'd like to let you know that Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> she so already excited. knows, but I'm talking to the audience at this point. I know to an extent. I haven't looked into it. So, Entertainment Weekly have published a romantic comedy special issue, mm-hmm. and as a result, have reunited the cast, the main like lead role cast, beautiful uh, of several romantic comedies. And it's all been very stressful and exciting to look at and read. And one of them was My Best Friend's Wedding. So Julia Roberts, Dermot Mulroney, Rupert Everett and Cameron Diaz all got together, did a lovely photo shoot where they all still look incredibly attractive. Yeah. And um, they actually talked about where they think <laughs> their Amazing. characters would oh be Oh my gosh, I don't know this. They talked about, you know, their experiences on the film and how close they are like you what know. in real life yeah no all of them yeah pretty much wow. like Dermot Mulroney and Julia Roberts are like really close yeah, friends yeah I know they're close shout out to Cameron Diaz too for not overacting in at least one film that being oh, this God. one if she gave a similar performance to The Holiday in I, this film I knew you were going to say The Holiday it. she's so it's too extra much. in The Holiday <laughs> it's too much thank you Cameron for keeping it together for keeping, keeping it at least a little bit natural in one human <laughs> and not exploding it yeah. and ruining the plot of this i know film. she's sort of all over the walls in the holiday so rupert everett's character he mm. said that he would be working in a mortician's office why i don't know he did not elaborate um but he said that he'd have like a sort of will and grace situation with jules so they'd be sort of like best friends still living in new york which i kind of like I wouldn't see him as a mortician. No, I don't know why he said that. Author or something. He was quite eloquent, and it it seemed like he was very um, intellectual. Mm. And uh, Julia Roberts said her character would be a marriage (laughs) counsellor because if you can't do, you teach. No, she wouldn't. No, she wouldn't. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that was a joke. Yeah, I feel like even Rupert's answer must have been a joke to an extent because there's no impression that the. But I sort of like the idea of them being a will and grace type friendship. Yeah, I mean. They have that dynamic anyway. I don't think mm. they need to label it with the dynamic that... I mean, I'm not, like, a huge fan of Will and Grace. I haven't mm. seen all of them. I am. Right. But I, I would say the dynamic is good, if not better, just in different ways. Yeah. So I don't think they need to, like, compare it 
to that just because it's people of the same genders and sexualities. Mm-hmm. Which it just feels like yeah, that is kind yeah, of what that true. comparison yeah. leads to. Because I'm just like, no, that very good, different ways. Yeah. That's cool. Dermot Mulroney and Cameron Diaz still think that they're gonna like their characters are married. Idiots. And I fully disagree. Idiots. Okay, so this is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to talk about, like them as a couple. Did they wait, did they say? Like, why they think that. No, they just said that they think they'd still be, like, living happily ever after, which I just think is bollocks. I don't know how long they would have been married for. Maybe... I've made predictions. You've made specific predictions. Yes. Okay. Give give yours. Okay. (laughs) So I think maybe 10 years, it was doomed from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Because when he says to Jules, oh, Kim would never think of... She would never even think of, like, asking me to be in her father's company. Yes. Yes, she did. She did. Because when Jules talks to Kim about it, she says, yes, my father and I had discussed this. Mm-hmm. She confesses to her at the end, I want to stay in school. I want Michael to take a role in my father's company. I want stability. I want, like, a, you know, a stable future. Yeah. And I want to be an architect. They don't know each other at all. No. He doesn't know that she would have thought of that. She doesn't know that, like, his job is very important to him and he doesn't want to do any of that Mm -hmm. settling down in a boring job like in a financial corporate whatever it is they are not compatible which is part of the reason i think why i felt so frustrated when i had watched it before i was like well they're not right for each other and there is like an eight year i want to say about eight year he's 28 and she's 20 which I, i think is fine um i'm uh, uh, i've no, got I mixed do, feelings i i think but it's it's more it makes more sense when you're like more on the side of adulthood yeah i think but, but i think between, the age gap is fine but yes. the fact that she's still 20 and she's still in school between is the very ages of iffy. 20 and around 25 you just grow so so much mm-hmm. that, that that doesn't quite mm. always work unless you're super self-aware of what's happening and yeah. who you are as a person yeah so which I they think, are not no the age gap um could cause a problem her mm. her age could cause a problem because they don't have these other qualities yeah i think they will have gotten married and she will have given up everything for him they'll have had a couple of kids mm. and then it'll get to about the eight or nine year mark and she'll realize she's given up everything for him and she's not an architect and she hasn't got a degree she's got two kids he'll be like i thought this was what you wanted yeah uh, but it's actually not what she impression. wanted ever <laughs> yeah so, and yeah, that was a bad impression. I <laughs> Sorry, Dana. So I think they'll be divorced by the time they've been married for 10 years. I've put, he will feel morally obliged to be married yes. for 10 years. Boy. But he will only be emotionally married for about three to five. Yes. Yeah. He'll check I f- out. I fully agree. He will emotionally check I think out by of the that time, hotel. I think by the time the second kid is born, he'll be checked out. I, I think during the pregnancy of that second kid, even. Mm. and he'll think that the kid would bring them back together and then yeah. the kid is born and he'll Which be like is never oh true. i love this kid hasn't made me love you much more romantically no, no. i love you more for birthing this person yeah but i think that marriage is doomed um i think it's interesting we both had the same yes 10 years <laughs> same prediction i didn't because i didn't want to be too harsh with it and because he again as i said to you like i think he is like morally he does really want to do the right thing yeah yeah um that quiet confidence that he has, he wouldn't be able to maintain it if no. morally he did something grey or wrong. Yeah, I think he would fall apart. He tried to do some morally grey stuff where he could with all the romancing, mm-hmm. but basically he tried to be like 
no, this isn't what I want. I love Kimmy. Um, that's my new Dermot impression. Yeah. So sexy. I've put down for Jules that I think she will have a serious, fulfilling relationship. Mm-hmm. It won't work out eventually. Okay. Um, and I think by the time that Michael leaves his thing 10 years on, yeah. they will have one more romance. <gasps> It'll only last for a couple of years and it'll be without all the uh morally gray aspects yeah yeah uh they simply won't work because of everything that's happened in the film okay because he will always know that she had the right feeling about his marriage not being sustainable yeah um because even though she went about it appallingly her intuition about it was correct yeah and because he does have this quiet confidence and because he is so like passionate about fighting for his moral correctness to be in good standing Mm that will always come up as a conflict that she sees through that yeah i don't think he'll want to get close enough to someone who can see through how he tries to be yeah that's the thing is i i don't think that they're right for each other but i do quite like the idea of them getting together after he gets divorced they will for for a couple to a few years and there'll be no regrets Mm. but i just think it won't be sustainable because she's grown romantically like that's been her character Mm. arc is to like let people in like that Mm. and that's not the same person that he had a relationship with before when they were flinging Mm. 10 years ago it was comfortable for him because he could kind of she did keep her distance and he thought that was like a hindrance to them but in some ways i think that probably worked for him because it meant that no one would call him out for his weird behaviors Mm -hmm. from time to time oh my god yes she would see him too much and that would make him uncomfortable so they would not maintain no because she she would be like you didn't really love kimmy throughout all of that you weren't in love with her throughout that marriage and you stuck with it and she will always lose a bit of respect for him as a result yeah and he will feel uncomfortable with how much she sees him so they would not stay together (sighs) they would have a good romance though and I would watch that sequel. <laughs> yes. <gasps> God, I, that is, that is a sequel Wouldn't you, I would if it's like 10 years later? My God, oh, that'd be so satisfying. What I would mean, the film be called? My Best Friend's Divorce. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's so grim. They're making sequels for like any old trash. I know. I kind of, I'm, I would be scared about a sequel. I'd be too scared than I would be happy. Yeah. So I, I just I think don't nine. think it would have the same energy as the first one but yeah so i think they'll be married for like 10 years but it'll just be like every sort of other parents divorce that i have known about like my own parents divorce like my friends like parents divorces like they just grow apart after 10 years and then that's it yeah and they don't figure out the basics of like where do you actually want to live i think it's an how do you actually want to be educated where do you actually want exactly all these like basic stuff it's like they keep on yeah crossing wires or lying i think it's a very unremarkable marriage and i think that they left so much unaddressed at the point where we meet kimmy and michael in the film i guess this is meant to be like the most loved up that we've ever seen them Mm. and also he was like i've never felt this way about anyone before and i'm like i don't that's such a lie he felt that way about jules Mm. no he actually felt real love for jules yeah he's such a fucking liar (laughs) Kimmy, I think he likes the idea of her more than he actually likes her. Well, because, because they clearly don't know each other. Right. So he likes that she seems like 
kind of perfect and even her flaws are just endearing. Yeah. Because he just thinks that's all of her flaws and it's like... It's made clear almost immediately they don't know each other. Yeah. Like he says, oh, she would never think of that. She would never even think of doing that. Yeah. Yes, she would. She's had the discussion with her dad already. It's you schmuck. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. Damn it. Um, I think so... Someone just ran into the room and called you a fucking idiot. And Hannah and I were, like, mortified. So if you if you hear that, just know, like, we're so sorry. I still um, fancy you. It's okay. <laughs> we still fancy you despite what that random person who just came in the room said. So rude. I don't know why people are breaking into my house. I should be more concerned, but I'll just carry on. Um, He's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they're still here. I know. What are you doing under the bed? <laughs> Get out of here, stranger. <laughs> I'll just say that I have no specific predictions for Jules, like herself. I think that she won't have like a big romance or anything. I like Why? the idea. I like the idea of like them having like a sort of two year thing after he gets divorced because they're definitely going to get divorced. But they won't be able to have a two year thing if you don't think she's going to be more romantically comfortable at that point. No, I think, but she is. But I don't think it'll. The- she'll like you know get married and have like a thirty year fulfilling no, no thing. Way. I think she'll just have a few significant maybe relationships yeah so when i um said about her having like a serious fulfilling relationship i don't think it's going to be like a marriage or anything it's not going to be no. like big love no, of life no, stuff no, no. it will be someone she's with for like three or four years yeah. and it will teach her how to sustain romance and mm. how to healthily express her feelings mm. well, I think she's learned a little bit about that by the end of the a film a little bit yeah not she just she's, needs to exercise it well more. exactly she hasn't yeah. put it into practice she's, yet. she's taken a beginner's class mm. so we can mm-hmm. go on to the closing credits segment of this where we kind of just sum up anything we've been thinking or wrap up any loose ends of our thoughts. Cool. As I said before, George is one of my favourite rom-com characters yep. ever. I've put, this is again, all in caps. <laughs> he is serious and playful whenever he needs to be. Charming and rude whenever he needs to be. Yes. Give me a friend like that. Yes. I love every scene. Yeah. Particularly when he's like, he comes to see her and he like washes her face. Yes. After she's got the mask on. But he just grounds her and centers her feelings. Mm. So it's, and you need him in the film. It's not like he's just a narrative tool for like comedy or whatever. Mm. He is someone you need in the film because if she wasn't grounded, it would feel like the film just like, goes up and up and up and it gets more and more intense and her actions would be more and more ridiculous and potentially evil yeah to a point where we couldn't get empathy with her so it had to go in like these ebbs and flows Mm. because whenever she gets too much he brings her back Mm, by like calmly talking to her he doesn't just support and comfort her Mm. so when she is chasing michael in like the what is it the bread van yeah and she's on the phone to him he says, like, for God's sake, you're not the one. Yeah. He's chasing someone else. Yeah. This is not going to end happily. I mean, was there anything on the other side of that kiss that leads you to believe that this chase will end happily? That's beside the point. We were interrupted. Who interrupted you? Kimmy! She ruined everything! And Michael started chasing her before he could answer me. Michael's chasing Kimmy. Yes! You're chasing Michael. Yes! Who's chasing you? Nobody. Get it? There's your answer, Kimmy. No! Yes! Jules, you are not the one! And also, he says explicitly earlier, as he gets um, on the plane, um, he's going to choose Kimmy. He's, like, the honest friend that I just 
I love as a character and I look for in friends in real life. He's so, so great. And I think without him, even for that um, scene where he's rude, because they try and play it for laughs, where Mm. he's like, you're not the one, and he's like in a room of people. Yeah, but he's like kind in his honesty. Yeah, they they, could have just played that bit for laughs. Mm. But without that bit, I don't think she would have approached him in the train station as calmly or respectfully of what she's put him through. You have a small but distinct window of opportunity to do the right thing. My closing credits is also about George. It's more generally about, like I said, that that like affectionate energy that's mm. just around the film. Like I really enjoy like people that are tactile in a like an appropriate way. If you're like already friends, yeah. I like that like that physical affection like between the characters. He's such a big part of that. And specifically, the scene in the church <laughs> where he meets Kimmy is so funny. It's one of the times it's when so I was like laughing wild. out loud. Like <laughs> they're all they're all like so it's him and Jules and Kimmy. And he's meeting Kimmy for the first time and like they're all sort of screaming like in different bursts and like they're all um kissing each other like on the cheeks like yeah. one after the other like in a sort of weird frenzy it's and so he great. keeps smacking them on the butt and it's just <laughs> it's, oh, it's so funny it's, it's and he doesn't everything. present any form of sort of like um threatening like masculine energy no and that's part of him being gay as well is that it's supposed to be this sort I of suppose. like suppose oh i mean i wouldn't tie the two necessarily i because I, I, I just think it's a case of him having this like really exquisite quality that mm. i'd like in all my friends of being able to like meet someone where they're at yes because it is like he approaches that situation and he's annoyed at jules so when jules says like play it down yeah. he goes got it and then he goes hey so it's just like i mean he understood where jules was at and wanted to be oppositional to yeah it. yeah but for the most part it was like kimmy coming to him like that so then he met that yeah um and then so even in the car scene where michael kind of comes at him coolly and calmly and collected well, he's sort of a little bit suspicious I think. suspicious yes but also quite um he's playing it cool yeah he, he plays it cool so george acts the same mm. he's very good at like really observing the situation and meeting someone where they are at mm-hmm or not, if he wants to get back at them. <laughs> there is a skill in e- even being aware of a room that much mm. to be able to do that well yeah. and effectively. Yeah. It's great that he's gay and that's not a part of his story. Yeah. It's just as it is. Yeah. You know, I think they mention at one point that he's going somewhere to, with his boyfriend. Yeah. Um, who is given a name, but I forget it now because it's literally mentioned in passing as though it's not a thing and for 1997 Mm. that's so great yeah his character was not just and he wasn't like a gay stereotype no there are films that we are gonna get into yeah that literally the friend is gay and then all the the jokes or dialogue is about basically yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah (laughs) yeah i do but the the comedy from his character comes from how sort of energetic and out there he is and how he interacts with the other characters 
and meets their energy yeah. and like escalates the situation because he is emotionally evolved compared oh. to all these other saps god um and he just has fun with it mm. that's the thing is that he's like emotionally sophisticated he's, yeah he's the self-aware person so he can be he can read like a situation and he can it's read so a room good. and he can accelerate something and and in order to humiliate Jules, so something like... He would like, probably be the marriage counsellor. Oh, 100%. Right? So he knows how to respond... Yeah. ...appropriately. Yeah, because again, it's just that whole, like, meeting someone where they're at kind of thing. So mm. when she acts amped up, he mm. amps up his reaction to her yeah. because it, it needs to, to get through to her. Like, that's the state she's in. Mm-hmm. And he wants to be effective. Yeah. And he knows how to be mm. by getting where somewhere else is at. I love George. He's a clever little so-and-so. I love him. I love him (laughs) so much. You know when Julia Roberts said that Jules would be a marriage counsellor? Yeah. That was a joke, 100%. No, you know what? I've I've thought about it. (laughs) Again, it's one of those after-mere moments of thinking about it. I want to retract my statement. (laughs) Okay. I think that she could be. And if there was a sequel, it would be like, how did she get in this position? She got in this position because she was actually scared to follow love and instead she decided to um, listen to other people's love stories and, and kind of live somewhat vicariously and try and fix things objectively because she didn't want to emotionally. Okay. Like this situation affected her so much that she didn't really pursue love after that. So I see, it had like a more dark, cynical tone. I see where you're coming from. But she, I, think, I just think she would never be a marriage counsellor. Yeah, I was saying, but she if she could, too, I think there's a story. She's too involved in her own emotions. She's not an empath and she's too impulsive. Mm. I think she's not measured enough to be a marriage counsellor. I agree, but I think she has such a like performative confidence that someone may just give her the gig. Yes, but then she wouldn't be an effective marriage counsellor. <laughs> no. She'd be under false pretenses, yeah. giving people advice. But, but I don't be, think it would necessarily yeah. be the right advice then. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I don't, I don't think she would be a good one. I don't think she'd be like. Although she could be qualified. one. But Follow, I, following your logic of like false one. confidence, she yeah. could get the job. She'd just be shit at it. She wouldn't be quite hitting. She'd just get to like the surface level of stuff. Yes, because she would be too scared to explore stuff deeper. Because if she explored stuff deeper with her clients it would maybe um, be remembering back to her and she'd explore yeah. stuff deeper within herself and she yeah. may get, become a scaredy cat again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when he's about to walk out in the dinner scene, when uh, Kimmy talks about the job. Oh, God, yes. As he's, like, uh, getting up and walking away, he kind of says the, these, like, declarations somewhat sarcastically of, like, how he's acting or how he's seen to be acting. Mm-hmm. And one of the lines is like, clearly I'm a sexist, insensitive asshole. You're yeah. better off without me. I'm like, even if you are trying to say that sarcastically, whatever, like no one's even in- inferred that you could be sexist in this scene. Insensitive, potentially, because you're seeing someone crying. Yeah, so yeah. you could be projecting a defense for that. Yeah. But sexist seemed like very weird wording of dialogue. I find that entire scene bizarre. Really? I wrote the word bizarre. Why? I don't understand why he chooses those words. She's not even implying that. Yes. Again, insensitive, an asshole. She's maybe. not implying that he's an asshole at all. Yeah, she she's not. It's just because she's crying and he's still thinking of getting up. Well, I, and like it's it, it could be not inferred, but like he could get defensive over the fact that he's made someone cry. I find that. that bit bizarre. I think a better word is uh, disturbing. Her behavior. Wait, S- who's Kimmy? You think her crying is disturbing? It's. No, it's... Her panic. 
for conflict. She's an Aquarius. <laughs> Hannah. No, no. Well, breakthrough. She doesn't want conflict to the point where she breaks down in tears and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, no, it'll never happen. She starts like babbling like some version of remorse. Hannah. <laughs> Join the breakdown with me. <laughs> I'm the asshole. I'm an insensitive, sexist asshole. No, You're better off without me. No, you're so, so right. I was so wrong. We settled this and I reneged that just wasn't fair. You have to forgive me and forget this ever happened, okay? Or I'll just die. <laughs> I was like watching it with like my hands on my head. Yeah. Like when she starts screaming at him, like you'll have to forgive me or I'll just die. Mm. I'm thinking this is not a person that needs to be in a relationship. Okay, but okay, back in 97 though, I feel like I'll just die was like No, 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 no. I'm not slang. I'm not taking that literally. Okay, thank goodness. But it's it's her absolute terror and panic yes. of him being even the little littlest bit mad at her yes. or like thinking of maybe breaking up with her. Like she she just goes into like a blind panic. Yeah. And she doesn't even try to sort of um, address the issue and say, oh, well, you know, I just thought it was what was best for you, getting a she job. She doesn't stand her ground, even though she kind of does believe in that. Well, that's the thing, is that she's been told by Jules that he wants, like, a stable job. Yeah. So she, she could have just said, I'm sorry, I thought that's what you wanted, but if it's not, that's fine. Yeah, totally. Because I'm, at that point, you know, she's perfectly that's the plan is to follow him around while he does his like sports mm. writing so she could have just said look we'll we'll leave it yeah but she screams like in terror yeah like you have to forgive me oh god we'll just forget oh, all god. of this ever happened and i found it horrifying yeah you know she's not trying to solve the issue she's just like please god don't leave me so they're one of those couples who never argue and therefore they think that they're the perfect couple but they just so never when there is an argument they yeah. don't think the only way out is through they'll think oh, we're messing up. Yeah. They let's, don't, they, let's have a quick fix, even if it's not a truthful Yeah, the one. way out is not through the issue. It's to just come to reverse and then go around mm. it. No relationship survives without direct communication. Yeah. So, They're done for. Yeah, they so are. Them thinking, like the actors thinking they'd still be together. It's ridiculous. So clueless. You played the characters. How what did the you fuck? act the characters and that relationship dynamic so well <laughs> without understanding? Yeah. How? Happy rom-com! <laughs> Divorce! So the only final thing I have in closing mm -hmm. credits is about the elevator scene. I think it was so well done and so well written. I think for it to get to the point of from going from like laughs to confrontation was actually so well built up and it was so subtly built up that I believed it. It didn't feel like, oh, that's so weird and out of character or out of line. It mm -hmm. made sense. Even the way she confronted was like reasonably sweet. Yeah. But I was just like, random people can just stop lifts like that. I know. That that was all that's just not, like yeah. technically that doesn't make sense. That's not realistic. Yeah. Really. In terms of like emotionality of the script, I'm like, it's so well written. Yeah. But, like, um, the physical act of stopping the lift is, like, a plot contrivance because it's just... Yeah, I, I, I did wonder because I was, like, even in 97, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know how lifts in New York worked in 97. No, there's an emergency not button. There's not a stop this lift button because, like, you know, children and psychopaths would be stopping it all the time. True. And then people would be having yeah, breakdowns. Yeah, it didn't even look like the button was high up. Yeah, no, it's very strange. Yeah. But Which I did like that scene because really it was slightly... psychopaths anyway. No. If it was... I, if they were shorter but 
Who's to say? <laughs> I did like that scene, though, the sort of surreal nature of it and the way that she um, approaches mm. talking to Jules about it. The balance between sweet and stern. Yeah. It, it was a good indicator of, like, this character's not going to be the kind of bad other woman that a lot of yeah. other films would have written her to be to make their story And easier. also that I think Jules wishes that she was. Because mm. she said, like, it, you know, I would really like her if I didn't have to hate her. Mm. And I think that's sad in a way. Really sad. Because they could have been friends. Yeah, they kind of end up being friends at the end, I guess. Do you think they would... This is what I wonder about, is do you think she would stay friends with them after the events of the film? She'd be too embarrassed. that I think they would uh, have open arms and they would welcome her to like family gatherings and stuff and I think she would be too scared and embarrassed. And then I think she would get too busy because I think she'd have mm. a, her own romantic thing happening for a few years which is sadly what i think as well Mm. but i also think when they're leaving the wedding and there's a big crowd of people seeing them off for Mm -hmm. the honeymoon and then he finds his way back through the crowd and hugs her that made me cry (laughs) well yesterday oh dude it felt like a goodbye Mm. that actually did feel like a healthy goodbye between people who used to have something yeah that that was the only bit between them that wasn't yeah. romantic throughout the film. Yeah, and that's the bit that made me emotional because I was just like, that felt like two friends saying goodbye to yeah. each other. Yeah. Which makes me think that they wouldn't be at least close friends. She would feel too weird. I think he he would try with Kimmy's insistence of like, no, everything's fine. Let's just make it work. Like, mm. let's invite her to stuff. Let's keep her close. Yeah, no, she wouldn't go for it because she would know it didn't feel right and it would be weird and... Mm-hmm. Whatever. If I were Kimmy and someone makes a speech like that, which the speech was fine, but then... <laughs> Sorry, I had to take a moment of silence. <laughs> so, to then be like, this song is on loan until you guys find your song. So just to be clear, this is my song with your husband and I'm just going to give it to you until you actually form a proper relationship yeah. so that you can have your own song. Ooh. You can have our super romantic song that he pst, he sang to me on a boat and it was the best scene in the movie. Also, he sang it in front of you after he called me beautiful. Yeah. And wanted us to reminisce about it. So you just have this song that is a clearly a reminder of my relationship mm. with your husband. You have that until we find On your one. wedding day. And also the way that he looks at Jules. Like, how could you do that? No. No? No. He looks so emotional at the thought of losing yeah. that song between the two of them. That he's now got to have it with his wife. I'm not saying, like, he was thinking, how could you do that in, like, an angry way? He was thinking it in, like, a sad, like... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- yes, Yeah. That. Yeah, he, I agree. He, his, like, face kind of dropped. And yeah. It seemed like his heart he sunk a little. He looks fucking heartbroken. Yeah. When he's... He realises that that isn't going to be their song like, anymore. Is this how it has to be? He was in and love it's with like, her. It's like, yes, Jesus. yes, it's how it has to be because you're now married to somebody else. Jesus. And that was your own decision. I've had, like, songs that have made me think of exes. I wouldn't... Ten, 10 years or so on, I still wouldn't think of them and, like, if they sung it with or around someone else or if they still liked it and played it, I wouldn't think, mm. like, but that's for us. Ten, yeah. It's been, like, 10 years or something. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, did did well, she have 
all of that speech and the giving of the song plan. She didn't have that planned because her intentions only changed last minute. Yeah. That poor band. I know. Well, you had, the, last you, had the, you had the convenience of the two sisters that could sing really well. And it's such a lovely song as well. That's it's, the thing is that... This... It's great. I'm going to cover that song one day. I would appreciate I that. I haven't had a lot of women cover it. I want to swoon people. Yeah. However frustrating the film is in parts... I love it. Just as like a sort of closing statement. And I think it's frustrating. It, it's meant to be. Yes. They had every intent of making it frustrating. It's not like yeah. it accidentally became frustrating because the intent and the impact didn't meet of the writers. No, no, that no, no, no. Because that's all. a bad kind of frustrating. That's why it was so satisfying still. It's, it's somehow frustrating and satisfying. Yes. Because I'm, I'm satisfied with they knew how, what they were doing and they were brave. Yeah, I'm satisfied with how like how much emotional payoff there is again that's a confident plot yeah very confident they just went plot. for it because they knew what they had was good oh i love it so i've been good. so happy for the last hour so, and a half so good <laughs> um i think this is gonna be the most positive unless there's a rom-com i haven't seen that's somehow as good somehow as good maybe everyone this is gonna be the best you get in terms of our merriment on the podcast for one particular film i don't know i'm pretty merry i love love so I like yeah, but most... you're not married all the time, and not to this extent. You've you... been practically squealing throughout. Yeah, this film really gets me going. Oh, so yeah, anybody who hasn't seen it and you're like listening to this episode for some reason, so you now know everything that happens. Um, go and watch Peculiar. it right now. Yes. it's on Netflix. You've got to, you've got to go, go, just and then come back to this and listen to it. Tweet us what you think of the film. What's yes. your Twitter? Oh, okay, <laughs> come I on, we're wrapping up. <laughs> I thought you were asking the audience what their Twitter was. <laughs> My Twitter oh. is at Francesca Lou, L-U, with an underscore. Um, and that is um, also my handle on Instagram as well. You can tweet me on Twitter at Hannah. Sure. Look. <laughs> tweet on Facebook. You can tweet me. <laughs> you can shut up. <laughs> I need to pee and I just keep on laughing. I don't even care. You can tweet me at Hannah P P L E after Hannah. What? <laughs> what? You ended that so abruptly. What? The handle. P P L E. That didn't make it sound inviting. I wouldn't tweet at you. All right, after don't that tweet invite. me then. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of to all the rom coms I've seen before. This has been a long one we, because we love this film. It really has been a long one too. Um, so we hope uh, you love this film <sighs> and that you, by consequence, enjoy the episode. We're so happy with uh, what we're doing. So even if you're not, <laughs> it's okay. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. Thank you for listening. Bye.